And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain That is quite enough of that. This is the final show of season three of the podcast and the last episode of the year. The guest for my first show way back in January was Spin Sucks Supremo, Ginny Dietrich. We discussed some of the things we were expecting to see in the field of digital communications in 2018. And in today's episode, Ginny and I are revisiting that show to see what's changed in the last 12 months, what's coming up in the next year, and whether or not we suck more than spin when it comes to making predictions. We cover topics including influencers. Well, you know, you have influencers and you have celebrities and you have micro-influencers and now they're talking about nano-influencers and my head's just like, ah, can we, ah! Artificial intelligence. I think the PR industry as a whole is pretty scared that it's going to take over. And so the industry is sticking its head in the sand and pretending that it's not happening. It's really frustrating because it's not going to take over. It just makes us more efficient. And social purpose. Two years ago, I would have said, don't talk about politics at work. Don't mix that with business. You never know where your clients land on the spectrum of politics. And today, there's things that are so divisive that I think it's extraordinarily important for us to stand up for what we believe in and attract the kinds of clients that we want to work with. That's all in today's show. This is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR, and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. It's been the best part of a year, I think, since we spoke, and you were on the first ever podcast I recorded. I know, and it's a whole year later, a whole year later, and we're still going. Who'd have thought it? We should do this every year. (laughs) That'd be quite good, actually. I I mean, I thought it'd be great to have you back on, because in in that episode that we recorded, I think it was shortly before the end of 2017, I think, but we made various predictions is probably the right way to look at it. What we thought might come through, some of them were good. Mm-hmm. Some of them I think have question marks over. Some I think we missed the boat on and some we're going to disagree on, which is never a bad thing. <laughs> and I also think there are some that there's a difference in the countries, which yes. is interesting too. Yes. I tend to think we're so flat and globalized that it's interesting to see the differences between our two countries. Yeah, absolutely. So how's the year been going for you in general? Uh, You know, it's been interesting. We launched a program for agency owners in May and it's going gangbusters. So, which we kind of didn't expect, you know, we expected it to be successful, but we didn't expect it to take off the way that it has. So it's been interesting. We're hoping it's recession proof, of course. Yes. But as I told my mom last night, scaling a business is not easy. Like it's, it's much easier to create and kind of just go along. But as you add people and try to process, create process and, you know, all of that, it's, it's a real challenge. So it's great from the financial perspective, but for me personally, I'm having a big challenge in scaling the business. Yeah. That's something, obviously I don't have a problem with as such because I'm a consultant, but I, I would say this year it's been really difficult for me in the, a similar sort of challenge in a way in trying to work out what it is I actually want to do with my business. And although it's not scaling in terms of numbers of people like you are, it's scaling in a in a different sort of way, I think. Yeah. But I, I found it really challenging this year. I don't mind admitting that for a few months, my business was very, very, very flat. 
and it's only literally in the last month or two that it's picked up. So it's been a challenge. I think that's the case, though. I mean, didn't you see that last year, too, where it was really cyclical and then just fourth quarter, it just starts to pick back up? Well, I can never tell. I mean, I've been doing this now for just coming up to four years. And across those four years, I cannot identify a trend I, for my really? business. Just cannot. It's different every year. If I compare quarter with the last quarter or two years ago, completely different. So I guess one of the things I've learned this year is that you just can't predict anything where, where this business is concerned. <laughs> which we may find out in a few minutes. Well, absolutely. I mean, what a perfect lead in that is. So going back to this podcast that we recorded and went out very early January this year, we made some, like I say, some predictions. What we're going to do is talk through some of that stuff and some of the things that we're seeing now in terms of what we think is actually happening in this industry. Because I think, I don't know, I think you agree with me on this, that it's in such a state of flux at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's been in flux for a while, and it's it's frustrating that we haven't sort of taken a hold of things yes. and said, wait a second, we can own this. Yes. We're not doing that yet. It's frustrating. It is, and that's that's a good word for how I feel about things at the moment, is just frustrated. Yeah. And I, I was saying to you just before we started recording, I released effectively last week's podcast today that voiced a few of these frustrations, and that's perhaps not gone down so well, but... You know, that's the way I kind of do things, I guess. That's good, though. You know, if you sit on the fence and, and don't have an opinion, it doesn't your content doesn't do as well. So that's good. Well, yes. And one of the things I had lined up to talk about today is really being human and being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that's something it's a direction I have kind of intentionally gone down. I guess I've always been that way. But the whole transparency thing, I think, is so important in, in what we are doing nowadays. Yeah. And we've had two years of fake news and alternative facts and, you know, reporters getting kicked out of the White House press room and things like that. So, yeah, it's pretty important. It's significantly more important now than I think it has been in the past. We have an agency, a very young agency called Don't Cry Wolf in oh, the UK. Love them. So here's a shout out to, to John Brown. Uh, he's been going for just about a year and his whole business proposition is about being vulnerable and open. And he tries to attract brands who want to take that step to actually just being who they are and not hiding behind, you know, marketing veneers and brand veneers and all that fake news stuff. And it's such a powerful proposition, I think. Good for him. What a great point of differentiation. Wow, that's amazing. It is. And to be fair to him, again, I'm bigging him up here. He'll like this. <laughs> but I, I've started doing a little bit of work with him. And when we sat down and went through the needs of one of his clients, he made an actual effort to tell me what he was rubbish at rather than hiding it you know yeah. and it was just such a refreshing approach really refreshing so okay let's get on to some of these things then so the first one we talked about was artificial intelligence and you said at the time that you know you'd been big on this for two or three years and I think we were both in agreement that things like automated advertising and media list development and all that sort of stuff in the last 12 months or so would have been really moving on heavily <laughs> I haven't seen that, but maybe this is one of these differences between 
America and the UK. I don't think so. I think it's a, I, I think you're right. It's not a difference and I haven't seen it either. I think our advertising and marketing brethren have done a really nice job with it. Okay. But I think the PR industry as a whole is pretty scared that it's going to take over. And so the industry is sticking its head in the sand and pretending that it's not happening. Yes. It's really frustrating. I mean, to go back to that word again, because it's not going to take over. It just makes us more efficient. And there are things that we're doing, you know, using Watson personality insights to help us with internal training and using Google data studio to pull automatically pull metrics instead of having an intern manually do it. I mean, there's stuff like that, that is making us more powerful and helping us create faster decisions. Okay. But it's not replacing our work. And I think that's what the challenge is with the PR industry as a whole is we all, everybody thinks it's going to replace, robots are going to replace them. And so they're pretending it doesn't exist. Do you think in the course of 2019, that is likely to come on very fast? Because my impression that it was that this stuff by the end of 2018 would have seeped through to everyone by now, but clearly it hasn't. Nope. And I would have thought so too. But yeah, I don't think by the end of 2019 either, just because the resistance to change is so, so relevant and people just don't want to do it. And do you think that is worse than you anticipated, that resistance to change? Yeah, I think it is worse. And, you know, we talk about it on Spin Sucks a lot where it's like, you guys, you don't have to be like robots are never going to replace certain things about humans, empathy, sympathy, creativity. So focus on those parts of your jobs and then let the the robots, the artificial intelligence, the automation, all of that, let that let that stuff do the mundane, repetitive stuff that you don't want to do anyway. Yeah, I just I mean, yeah, from from a UK sense and I just haven't seen it yet at all. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, it is. But we'll see, I guess. Another thing that we talked about related to this was chatbots. Yes. And again, this one, I think we both thought they would be big. Now, I think we've got different opinions on this because this is another one that I, to say it's disappeared off the radar is a bit too strong, but I don't see much talk about it anymore. Interesting. So it is here. It's big here. And we're seeing a lot of movement, a lot of movement on it mostly in retail, e-commerce, and consumer. I haven't seen big B2B or service business use of it yet. Okay. But, you know, we're seeing some, you know, on the on those sides, we're seeing people test and things like that. So, yeah, we're definitely seeing that exploding. And I think it'll get even bigger next year. The ones I see are fairly standard sort of customer service type bots that come through and you see them on Facebook, for example. Are you seeing more creative uses of of bots and that sort of stuff i don't know if this is necessarily creative but it's interesting i send my laundry out every week and they have chat bots that schedule delivery pick up delivery make sure that you're getting everything correct like there's no there's no human behind the text messaging that you get and so i think that's a really interesting look at how they're doing it you know you can call make an appointment with your dentist or the doctor or the hair salon and it's all through chat bots yeah you know so i think those are really interesting ways of using it outside of facebook messenger yeah talking about making appointments with that sort of stuff have you seen google's video it's voice recognition video i have yes amazing isn't it (laughs) i mean this is this stuff where it's going that's why i think you and i were both really excited about some of this stuff because it's so incredible but yeah we've been slow to change (laughs) yeah as always but when I watched that video I mean that leads into one of the things that I 
I don't think I was so big on this last year, but I really am now, is the whole area of, of voice recognition. And we, we talked before about how it will impact search and things, but just the way voice has come on in the last yeah. 12 months absolutely astounds me. And do you have stuff at home where even the kids are participating in? Yeah, do you know what? Funnily enough, we have only recently got a Google Home. Right. But the kids absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all over it. Right. And observing the way they use it, it's difficult to see them growing up using conventional search. Right. Yeah, I don't think they will at all. I mean, the, the they'll, I think they'll laugh at us when we say, well, we had to sit at our computer and type in a search bar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even April, who's now five, I have to think there for a minute, is talking to this thing on a almost daily basis. Yeah. Now, what, what she's asking it are obviously very silly little questions, but she's picked it up and away she goes. Yep. It learned how to recognize her voice. And bearing in mind, she's five years old. Her pronunciation isn't great, great. but it recognizes her and off it goes. Yep. And the semantic search of it, too, where she can say, my five-year-old does this, too. She'll say, Alexa, tell us about rattlesnakes. <laughs> and then she just keeps asking, where do they live? What do yeah. they do? Like, she doesn't have to say, where do rattlesnakes live? What do rattle, you know, she just keeps yeah, asking. Yeah. So the semantic piece of it too, I think is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So to voice, I, I'm still fully behind this. And the whole area of audio marketing in general is something that in the next year, I think companies are going to have to start getting to grips with. Just because of the way, like you say, we've got these devices in our home now and we're using them to search things. Mm -hmm. And then you've got podcasting, which is continuing to really yep. take off. And when I talk about podcasting to people now, there's very rarely people in any given room. At least half of them listen to podcasts, I would say. Half? Yeah, I would say so. Some In, in most groups, not all the time, but in most groups. So, yeah, it's just extremely popular. But you started your podcast in the spring, was it? Yeah, March, I think. And have you been enjoying doing it? Because it's a very different form of media, isn't it? <laughs> no, I don't enjoy it. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's very honest of you. <laughs> you know, I think more because it's just one more thing right now. And I've been trying to delegate. And so because of that, it creates more work for me than if I were just to sit down and write a blog post at five o'clock in the morning. Like I can, right. I can do that, right? At five o'clock yeah. in the morning and not nobody's depending on me. But with the podcast, I have to have it done ahead of time you know uh, we have like all of that so there's that there's that piece of it that I just don't enjoy I just don't enjoy it are you pleased you started it I am I think it has helped extend beyond our our network our community yep and people you know people love it and people keep saying to me you know we were talking before we started recording but it's the same thing for you 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 keep getting really nice notes from people saying i really enjoyed this or this is really great or yep. you know this really helped me and so from that perspective i think it's been very valuable and we won't stop doing it but yeah it's not my favorite thing to do <laughs> <laughs> but you do you just do the recording of yours I do. I yeah, do. Someone I do, else yeah. does all the editing jobs. Yeah. 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 You're not paying them enough money to do editing. Believe me, it's a time consuming process. <laughs> yeah. If I had to do that, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have a podcast. I just, <laughs> but you said you enjoy it. I, yeah. You enjoy it. No, I have to admit, I, I, I love the it, recording the podcasts far more than sitting down writing a blog post now. I very rarely write blog posts. Isn't that funny? Uh, it, it's an odd one because. If, if for me to produce this episode we are doing now, okay, we're going to recording for what, 30, 45 minutes. And then it'll take me probably three hours to edit it. 
and then you've got to go through obviously the publishing process right. so i i allow the best part of a day for every single episode wow. that I produce, which is a lot but i would far rather do that than sit and write blog posts now i mean if you put it all together you'd probably spend a good day a week writing blog posts too so well yeah maybe maybe i don't know but it's just a form of media that i think for certain people is is quite attractive and uh, yeah i mean i'm hooked <laughs> it doesn't sound like you're hooked yet but no i'm not but i also think it's not going anywhere and i think to your point you know half of your groups of friends are listening to podcasts now and next yeah. year it could mean 80 percent or 90 percent. yeah absolutely Thank you for listening to my daddy's podcast. He wants a sponsor so that he can buy me loads of Christmas presents. He says it's a brilliant thing to do, so please email him. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yes, I am unashamedly using my nine-year-old daughter in an advert. But Izzy's right, I'm looking for a sponsor for the new season of the podcast. You're listening to this, and so are hundreds of other communications professionals just like you. And in the words of some of them, Matt Briggs says it's really, really bloody good. Nick Henderson says it's the best podcast he's listened to in a long while. And Trevor Young says it's a ripper across the board. So do Izzy a favour and get in touch to discuss options. Daddy, what's a podcast? So going on to something else then. Facebook. Ah. Oh. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Where do we start with Facebook? Last year, we were still very, very gung-ho on Facebook. We talked about how everything social media-wise seemed to be coalescing towards and into Facebook. I, I, I don't disagree with that now because Facebook's everywhere, whether you're talking about Instagram or WhatsApp or whatever, but it's going through a really bad time at the moment, isn't it? It is. And I think there are eight or nine countries right now who are demanding Mark Zuckerberg show up and they've all come together so that it becomes a larger entity and he's just ignoring them. It's it's not good. It's it's really bad right now for them. It's surprising because going back to what we were saying about you can't predict anything, you know, this time last year, I don't think either of us would have no. predicted what's happened this year. You just... I mean, Cambridge Analytica, the Russian elections like I, there's no way we would have predicted that no absolutely i've been saying to people when i'm doing training and workshops now that and i firmly believe this that instagram will take over facebook as the number one social network maybe not by the end of this year but sort of within 18 months yeah i don't think you're wrong it, the challenge of course with that is facebook owns instagram so yes you know facebook has government regulations put on them or you know they get in trouble with, with the law which it could this that could be then instagram goes with it so yeah on the other social network stuff so twitter <laughs> <laughs> you don't like twitter anymore do you <laughs> don't you know i think with twitter that we predicted its decline last year and certainly it's that's not come to fruition but i really honestly and truly believe that the man who runs the country, this yep. country, my country, has saved Twitter single-handedly because I think people are just waiting for his 5 a.m. bathroom tweets to see what he's going to say. And I really think that that's what saved them. Do you not think, though, that at least Twitter is trying to make, to change things up a bit? In terms of uh, what have they done recently? They've made, so I, they are 
small changes, admittedly, but they appear to be at least changing things a little bit to suit people. Yeah, but I think they're making cosmetic changes. I don't think they're making strategic moves that are going to keep people around. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. It's an odd one because I, it's it's been flat for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. And honestly, I, I can't believe they're still around because they went they, they don't make money. Mm. You know, they've they went quarters and quarters and quarters without in the red. So it's it's fascinating to me that they're even still around, but here we are. Yeah. LinkedIn. It's changed a hell of a lot this year, hasn't it? Yeah. Earlier this week, I think, or maybe late last week, they launched uh, LinkedIn Stories. So that's interesting. Everybody's doing stories now. Oh, God. Uh, I yeah. hate stories. <laughs> Everybody's doing stories. It's an odd format, isn't it? Well, it, no, maybe that's because I'm 46 years old. It's it's an odd format to me, I should say. Well, and also you're not looking for a job. <laughs> that's true. That's what people <laughs> use it for or for recruiting. And you don't do either of those things. So... I would maybe disagree with you on that fact. I think the way people are using LinkedIn now is far more about networking and Facebook sure. type stuff than just the recruitment, which, you know, I've never been a big fan of LinkedIn, but I've found myself using it more and more over the last maybe two or three months. And how are you using it? I'm posting a lot of what I hope are conversation starters. Okay. So yeah, I- whereas I previously have shared a lot of, I don't know, let's say articles and things that I've found that I think would be interesting to people, I tend not to do that anymore. And there's there's a couple of reasons for that. Firstly, the algorithm hates you linking off LinkedIn. Right. And I've been doing some experiments, actually. So over the last two or three months, putting posts up with links in and putting posts up without links in. And it's not a proper A-B test because it's not the same content. But over the course of sort of two or three months, as an average, I think you get probably three or four times the reach with a post without a link in than if you've got a link in that post. Isn't that funny? Which is it's astounding to me. I said, that's a big number. It's only me testing it and it's not a proper A-B test either. But I just don't put links in stuff anymore. Just don't think it's worth it. I'm going to test it. I'll test it and I'll let you know. You should do. I'd, I'd love to hear what you make of that. But yeah, I mean, the, the other stuff I'm posting is more, like I say, it's conversation and trying to do, trying to get discussion going about things that I'm thinking about, which I've never done before on LinkedIn, but it seems to work nowadays. Interesting. All right. I'm going to test it. I'll give it 60 days and I'll let you know. That's a proper test. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a big question for you. Do you think that public relations has an obligation to get involved with defending the news media or... Mm-hmm. or helping the news media in any way, shape or form, because there's, there's been discussions over in this country about it. And my view is very much that if you have an agenda to kind of save the media, the traditional news media, and I don't just mean newspapers, I mean online news media. If, you, if, you've, if that's your agenda, surely you're not providing the best advice to your clients. But a lot of people disagree with me on that. A lot of people. Why do you why do you believe you're not providing the best advice? Because if you are saying to your clients that is a, it is a matter of say corporate social responsibility to to help the media because it's beneficial to everyone to have impartial media, which I don't disagree with. But if that if you're saying to your you're using your position with clients and mm. businesses to push that agenda. Should we, as communications people, just be media agnostic and helping them to spend their money in the best way? Yes, I agree with that. I also think that as humans, 
not just communicators, we have a responsibility to defend the media. And maybe it's not through client relationships or asking our clients to defend or whatever happens to be, but just as agencies or as business people, because to your point, we do need impartial media and we do need to have that check and balance, especially in the U.S. right now. (laughs) But I think I don't necessarily think that that goes hand in hand with asking our clients to participate in that. Yeah. So I, I know what you're saying. I suppose my view is that the line between those two things you are describing is extremely, extremely blurred. Sure. But I also think it's like anything else. Like if you Let's say that you, as an agency or as a consultant, your view is that no animal should be go to a kill, kill shelter and that you want to save every animal. And that's your position and it's something that you support as a business and all of that. And you may attract clients who believe in that purpose and vision as well just because you're so vocal about it. But that doesn't mean that you're asking your clients to support that too. It just means you may be attracting those kinds of clients. Sure. But I agree with you. I think that we do have to be media agnostic and it has to be strategic and we have to choose the media types that work best for the goals and the outcome, not necessarily because we should be defending the media. Yeah. Okay. I guess another thing leading on from that, which has been very much on my mind over the last three or four months and I'm looking at quite heavily for next year is is the whole area of social purpose. Mm -hmm. Just how important do you think it is that brands and companies have some kind of social purpose going into the next sort of year or two? So right now, I would say that it's extremely important if younger generations are your target audience. Mm -hmm. You know, five years from now, it's going to be extraordinarily important for everyone because as millennials begin to take leadership positions and become decision makers, it's going to be more important. Um, So right now, if you're your target audience is millennial or younger, then I think it is important. And it's also been pretty interesting in the last couple of years because, you know, two years ago, I would have said, don't talk about politics at work. Yep. Don't mix that with business. You never know where your clients land on the spectrum of politics. Like I and today it's, there's things that are so divisive that I think it's in extraordinarily important for us to stand up for what we believe in and attract the kinds of people, the kinds of clients that we want to work with that way. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and Nike is obviously the, the big example from, right. from coming out of the States. I'm waiting. I guess I am also waiting for a time when a brand really screws this up because I think what you said about don't talk about politics is is probably still true to an extent if you don't get it right. Right. Does that make sense? Sure. I think it's an evolving area. And like you say, for the, for the for the younger audiences it's it's really important now. And undoubtedly over the next five years there's gonna be some mistakes of brands who just get it wrong, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean we've seen some of that, especially here in the US with gay rights and things like that where companies have come out and said if you're gay we're firing you which by the way is against the law or we're not going to support birth control on our health plans you know so some of that stuff we've seen really oh yeah we've seen them not doing well because of those things um yeah so i think there have been some examples of that for sure here in the states um but yeah i think as we all it's just like anything else i mean remember 10 years ago when we were all trying to figure out social media and people were making mistakes all over the place and now it's kind of yeah settled out and we we sort of know how to manage it and handle it now one of the other areas that's experiencing a lot of this mistakes happening is is influences 
Mm-hmm. And this is something we didn't, we didn't even talk about this when we recorded last year, which I, I now find quite astounding. But obviously it wasn't on either of our yeah. particular radar at that yeah. time. And yet this year it's probably been the biggest thing to hit, would you say? If not the biggest one in, up there for sure. Yeah. 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 How have things been developing in the States when it comes to influencers and influencer marketing? Well, you know, you have influencers and you have celebrities and you have micro-influencers and now they're talking about nano-influencers and my head's just like, ah! Nano-influencers, by the way, are smaller than micro-influencers. I, I gathered, but I've not heard that expression before. Yeah, it's fairly new. You know, the New York Times and the Washington Post have been talking about it probably in the last two or three weeks is all. So, it's, I mean, it's okay. pretty new. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's anything different than what we already know. If you need, if you want a gigantic splash with millions of people, a celebrity is the right way to go. If you want to actually affect sales, then influencer, micro-influencer, or nano-influencer is probably the way to go. But yeah, it's definitely exploding. (laughs) Does measurement get a lot of talk in the States, measuring influence campaigns? (sighs) (laughs) I'll take that as a yes. P&G like July, maybe June or July, sometime earlier this year, came out and said they weren't going to work with influencers anymore because there's there are so many that are fake. That's right. And, you know, I think that was a headline grabber clickbait kind of thing, because there's certainly ways to get around that and certainly ways for you to do your research. But it's just like anything else that we do as communicators. Right. I mean, you you can't just pitch a news outlet or news media and expect that they're going to pick up the story. You have to actually build a relationship, do your homework, do your research. You know, you can't. And it's the same thing with influencer relations. Do your research, find the right people and, and all of that. And so, yeah, there are lots of fakes and there are lots of robots and, you know, that kind of stuff that's happening. But I think it's pretty easy to figure out who those people and I use quotes around people, who those people are and not have them part of your campaign. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with the media over the next 12 to 18 months, either in a traditional or a digital sense? I mean, what's your gut feel? I am terrified that we in the U.S. are on our way to state TV. Okay, Um, He's been tweeting quite a bit about how the fake news media isn't telling the story and CNN is the only news media outside of the U.S. that has any reach and of course they're fake, fake, fake and so what we need to do is create state TV and tell our story to the world. So here that unfortunately could become a reality and that terrifies me. That is not good is it? That's really not good. No. (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of because obviously I don't follow him too closely I'm kind of surprised to hear that he's still pushing that fake oh, yeah. agenda oh, because yeah. that's what he tweeted two days ago three days ago how many days have we got left now? <laughs> uh, the problem is is he could very well be reelected, and that's going to be a do big you think big... that'll happen you know i kind of do oh god i, I do say that. yeah i know i know i really hope i'm wrong but well i mean i can't say anything because this country's <laughs> as screwed up as america now <laughs> <laughs> We've gone from being two of the biggest superpowers in the right, world to right. two of the biggest laughing stocks, I uh-huh. think. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. I lost my train of thought then. Get right to the end and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, listen, it's been fantastic talking to you again. It'd be interesting, like you said, to come back in a year's time again and see 
if we've actually cracked it this time or if we're totally wrong again. I suspect it's probably the latter. <laughs> I mean, I think with podcasting, I think we're probably right. With voice search, we're, we're probably right. So, I, you know, influencers were right. So let's come back and look at it let's, a year from now. Let's absolutely. Well, listen, have a fantastic Christmas and New Year. Thank you. Thank you. And Thank you. yes, I hope to catch up with you again in the New Year sometime. Yes, for sure, for sure. Thank you very much, Ginny. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you've got any ideas for future topics you'd like to see covered, or people you'd like to hear from, contact me on Twitter, where I'm at the Paul Sutton. Thank you for listening.